White Castle, six packs, ribs, four racks, extra cheese, I'll take that. Might fuck around, have some Chick-fil-A, eat whatever I want, it's Darren Strong's epic cheat day. Tune in and hear what I have to say, you're listening to Epic Cheat Day. With your host, Derek Strong. Because you know what I like to do for the... What I like to do with the podcast, I like to come in hot. Like, we're already in a discussion and a conversation. Coming in hot. Baby. Coming in hot. Guys, welcome to another episode of the Epic Cheat Day podcast. Not just another episode. We're having two episodes. We're recording them back to back. This is part one and part two of the episode that I want to have with Pratik Sravasava, my longest time friend in Chicago, person who's mentored me a lot throughout the Chicago comedy scene, local legend. He's been doing it now for, what, 10, 11 years. And, uh, 11 and a half years, baby. 11 and a half years of doing comedy right here in Chicago. Um, and nowhere else. <laughs> and nowhere else. Nowhere else. I've never traveled to do comedy ever. No, I never. <laughs> he's uh, he's done it only in the city limits of Chicago. <laughs> Refuses. Refuses. Out of artistic integrity <laughs> to do comedy anywhere else. Uh, this is a very special episodes. Episodes plural for me because hey, forty nine and fifty episodes of the Epic Cheat Day podcast. But thanks happy for- happy fiftieth, baby. There yeah. it is. There it is. Uh, we already started our conversation beforehand, but we're talking about the uh, the Delta variant of the COVID-19 virus. And I am 100% certain that if they decide to lock us down again, people are going to fucking riot. Oh, and I don't mean riot a little bit. They're going to riot in mass. There's no way it's getting over this time. Like one and done. People aren't going to do it. Businesses aren't going to go for it. The government has already spent itself into such a deficit. There's no way that they could actually pay for this shit for us to go back in. Pratik, what are your thoughts on that? Wait, before we do that, uh, what's the greasiest meal you had all week? That's how we are titling this episode of the Epic Cheat Day podcast. Well, literally, it's so funny because I I got through those 14 months of not seeing anybody by listening to fucking Epic Cheat Day. So I, I feel like you hear that, guys. Yeah. Uh, just coming through and to be able to do this is is uh, is fucking awesome. So I prepared for this week by eating one chicken torta and two chorizo tacos. I love it. One chicken torta. By the way, if it wasn't for that was a meal, but this wasn't like what I ate all week. No, no, no. no, no. That was one meal, one, one chicken torta one sitting just annihilated it, of course, you know. And if it wasn't for you, I would have never tried a torta. I've seen it on menus before. So it was one chicken torta and two what? Two chorizo tacos. Two chorizo tacos. That's that, a lot I, of food. A lot of bread. That is a lot of bread. <laughs> uh, and with the chorizo, I mean enough grease for four days. I mean chorizo. Ooh. People think it. it there is no healthy way to make a chorizo. Uh, so I just wanted to punch that in here, so we already have the episode's title ready to yeah, go. Yeah, baby. And I turned you on a tortoise. Tortoise. Yeah. I'm like this dude. It's a sandwich. He's like, yeah, man. It's a sandwich. It costs like two dollars less than a burrito. And uh, has all the fixings that you need inside for it. Almost they almost some of the places they they shove in more fixings than a burrito. Yeah, and and then when it spills out, you have a second meal. <laughs> See this? You are learning how to be practical on the Epic Cheat Day podcast with your meals. So uh, Delta variant, do you think uh, do you think riots will happen if they ask us to go back inside? Well, first off, Delta variant sounds like an eighties band. Totally. Where Delta variant. Where are the synthesizers? The for synthesizers. Delta? You know, they have the very angular font for their, uh, you know what I mean? Like Def Leppard, but not as cool. Not as cool. Not yeah. as much. Not, not as many drunk white women from the suburbs are into their reunion tour. My there. God. <laughs> 
you know that? Do you do you? Because you're you're old enough to remember. So Def Leppard for Hysteria, they did the tour where they did like the round stage yeah. in the middle of the arena, uh, just like Dane Cook. And George Carlin before that, like comedian performing in the round is fucking wild. So what 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 they would do? I'm not kidding. They would do this break. Like you have to watch the the Def Leppard documentary, as everybody should watch the Def Leppard yeah, documentary. Yeah, they should. So here's what they did. They had the circular stage, and then that was their backstage area. So what they would do, right, yeah. is they would have their roadies on the outside, right, and they were picking out women in the audience, and they would do a 30-minute long break where it was just the drummer and the lead singer what? playing, and the rest of the band would hook up with women dur- while, during the show and just, like, party with them and then go back out and perform the second half of the show. It's just like, yeah, it's like you're, I'm taking a break, and then you're getting in. It's like tag-teaming. Like, oh, yeah, now. exactly. They are taking a fuck break in the middle of their concert. That is that is 80s rock right there. That Absolutely. Is, um, you can't get away with that today. You can't get away no. with that today. You <laughs> could do that with it. Well, you could do that with 2020 comedy. We have fuck breaks. We have fuck breaks right in the middle so, of our set. You know what it's called? It's called bombing. That's what it's called. It's when we yeah, go fuck ourselves. You're going to fuck yourself. You're not. You're not. Why am I? I'm just grabbing. Because it's going to be. Yeah. We, we need some hydration. We're going to need here. some hydration. We, I mean, by the way, we could. Uh, halfway point, we could probably, you know, yeah. pause and stretch our legs and stuff like that. Because we plan on being here for a while. Just uh, a little. But uh, did you read that uh, Motley Crew? what they used to do? Because they had uh, uh, significant others that they wanted to mask their ind- infidelity from. They would literally, but they could just shower. You could just shower, like yeah, 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 yeah. or put Colombo. What they would do to bring it back to fucking Mexican food, they would fuck burritos, and the pico de gallo and the sour cream would mask the smell of random groupie sex. Did, now here's the the question has to be asked. Yeah. Did they eat the burritos after? Because the only way I eat a burrito is when I fuck it. I was going to say, I feel like this is something that Derek Strong does every day. <laughs> is he fucks the burrito. They got to fuck the burrito. No blue chew needed, baby. No blue chew needed. Uh, uh, uh. I'm giving you sound. Why am I sound affecting a lot on this podcast? Dude, nah, dude do whatever you want on this I, podcast, man. I do whatever I want. I just, I am know. Michael Winslowing for you guys. Michael Winslow. Michael Winslow, look him up. Uh, sound. Uh, he does sound effects, and he was in Police Academy. He was in Police Academy. That was How, well, What is the average 80s. demo of this? <laughs> a lot they, of millennials listen? I, I don't know. I Like, dude, I am so confused with... Like my average number of listeners apparently is like between eighty and ninety. <laughs> yeah, that's, okay. that's great. Yeah. I I mean, which is cool, but also I have honestly I don't know if I'm gauging it correctly <laughs> or not. So I I I'm do you confused. have like three random listeners in Iceland or something? Yes, always. No, it's been France for some it's reason. It's like really. They're listening to my fat ass. I thought they hated fat people in Vite France. Castle in France. Well, that's not a French accent. <laughs> that was, Vite that, Castle. Vite. That was that sounds, not. That sounds Russian Jamaican. Which, I, which by the way, a Russian Jamaican accent is the best <laughs> accent. I mean, let's of all the accents all in the, the world, accents. that one is the uh, the high watermark for accents. I'm gonna create a CBD vodka called a Russian Jamaican. <laughs> <laughs> Russian Jamaican CBD. CBD is in fucking everything. everything. Everything it's infused. It makes you relax. You know it helps you relax too. Just fucking take a nap. Take a nap. Why? Listen, I drink forty-seven cups of black coffee a day, and it yeah, shows. Okay, that's healthy. But I and I know why I'm not relaxed. But also, <laughs> I'm very mentally aware that that's not why I'm relaxed. Like, figure out the thing that's stressing you out, and 
and I get it. Right now, I don't have a day job. But if I did have a day job, last thing I'd do is I'd, I'd pick a day job where I didn't have to think about it when I clocked out. I mean, that's that's what I look for in any. I've, I, there was a period there where I had like eight different day jobs in like thirteen months. That's like, insane. Because I, it was yeah. one of those things where I want to be able to. How can I turn this job off? Yeah, this is purely a money source. This is a means to exactly. An end. How can I turn it off? Uh, and then of course, I'm just impressed with the number, but I totally get that impulse. Like, yeah, I don't need. I need money to survive, survive so I can yeah. do my thing. So you know? yeah, exactly. You know, and that's what we want to do. We want to we me me and Pratik. We and we're gonna. By the way, we're gonna go back to this. Uh, we're gonna go back to the Owen Hart Mick Foley <laughs> compare because, dude, I think there's. I think with what I have strategized, there's nobody who's gonna be able to beat me in terms of being cheap for comedy. Oh, of course, yeah. you gotta, you gotta. So and people laugh when I do it, but I'm just like, hey, I'm trying to get to a point where I never have to work. You yeah, know, like it, you, yeah. You save, you build. You build a nest egg. You build it for for just your own fucking satisfaction. Yeah. It's kind of a contest too, if you think about it. So, yeah. See, and I respect for Thee because he builds a nest egg, and uh, you know me, I I don't plan on living six months from no, now. So is. like, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, but that's that's just. But my, you know what I will my say. My biggest though, drawback. You you do you your your savings go you know are all over the place. It's a it's a crapshoot for your savings. But I will say part of it is because you're tipping like a champion. Can can we can we congratulate your tipping? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I was like, is this a secret or does do the do, 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 no, do, do it's they know it's, it's not a secret, but I mean I'd like to say it's for something positive. Well I mean it is for something positive. It is something I feel positive, like yeah. I, I feel like people who work in any customer facing industry, uh it's they're the unsung champions because they have to deal with people all day and people are fine. It's when people, when you're dealing with people and their money in particular or their time yeah. and they're stressed out, that's when people become monsters. And especially when it comes to like food and food service things like, you know, between that and also my parents were horrible tippers, <laughs> horrible. My, my For well, it was a combo. It was like my dad was the horrible tipper and yeah. my mom would send things back. I'm not kidding. Multiple times until it was to her specifications. Oof. And I... And like even to this day, if my food is even taking slightly long, like I my hypochondriac OCD brain is just like they're jizzing in my food. I know they're fucking <laughs> jizzing in my food, you know. And that's and I I rarely send things back. If I send something back, I apologize. I tell them ahead of time. Look, I'm gonna tip you guys. I am so sorry. Please don't jizz in my food. I don't say that one. Yeah, out, maybe don't, yeah. it's like I'm not a racist, but don't jizz in my food. But like you're, well, you <laughs> don't put it into the universe. There. Exactly. Don't. I don't think I've. Sent, I'm trying to think now. We've never really sent food back. Like we just don't go there again. Yeah, exactly. It's that bad. Yeah. You know? you know what though? We're savages. We will sit there. We will eat the fucking food. Well, like, yeah. well. For, and for your listeners who don't like know, I do have a beard. You know, so like now, if I find a hair in my food, I just assume it's mine. Like I can't even. <laughs> I'm not sending shit back now. Yeah. You heard that here, folks. And by the way, I would like to think most most people who have beards. Right. Uh, yeah. They they're doing the same fucking thing because, you know, what? that's on you. Uh, that's I mean, you I know, mean unless I, it's blonde, if you find a blonde hair or that I have to be careful about. It. Yeah. If it's a blonde, if it's a white dude, dreadlock in there, or white have, dude, the whole dreadlock, the too. Whole. Just a thick rope of fucking mangled. Dude, white people's dreadlocks. Let's forget the cultural appropriation. Part that's a whole other. That's yeah. a whole other can of worms. They're just ugly. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're just ugly. Yeah. It looks it, and then they sell those hemp bags, and it's like their shitty hair looks like the shitty bag they're selling. It's yeah. disgusting, and they don't wash it. It never smells wonderful. No, no. A matter of fact, I, I my understanding is, uh, God damn it, I gotta turn this off. Um, 
I that, just keep, that's I, Hollywood calling this Hollywood. Moment. I woke up this morning, Pratik. <laughs> I'm telling you, I woke up this morning. That's the treasury of this podcast. Is it, it, when you first started, you were you were having you know the other person would be on the phone. Now now the host is on the phone. Now right? the host is on the phone, dude. I. <laughs> You're a busy man. <laughs> I mean, it's Friday, so I have a trip tomorrow. Yeah, um, you're traveling. You're, you're traveling for comedy, setting up another future travel date for comedy, uh, getting the podcast you're, you're together. hashtag grinding, Derek. Hashtag <laughs> grinding. Oh, I love when people... I Well, if you have to announce, and not to get all philosophical, but if you have to announce how much you're doing, like, that's when it's like... Yeah. Like, it's like, I feel like with you, you know, you're like, you're not going on social media and be like, hey, I got to send this email today and call this person. No. Exactly. You know why? Because you're too busy doing I'm the fucking emails. Doing, the, doing the, fucking the fucking things. Calling. Yeah. If yeah. you were grinding so hard, you don't have time to tweet out that you're grinding. Yeah. yeah. I don't... I barely have time to get my... I literally... I've... And, and I know people are like, oh, like, yeah, I'm thinking of getting a social media. Bless you. Right. Uh, the uh, yeah, the we, we were, this episode is sponsored by Gesundheit. By Gesundheit, which is a new uh, German infused CBD. Oil. <laughs> we're just doing, we're gonna get a CBD sponsorship CBD out of this. CBD C- Gesundheit. I would love to get some CBD <laughs> schnitzel. No, but like for me also, like I'm busy. Like I have emails I'm sending. I send I send about 500 emails a day. Right? Yeah, just through comedy and whatever. And so you know what? I don't have time to fucking be like yeah. Do you know how much I do and you know how much I send? You know how many Zoom and virtual things I'm doing? Like, no, I don't. I don't even post. Like, I do these like virtual gigs now. I don't even post about them. I don't have time. Like, yeah, I don't post all my gigs, and that I know it sounds very braggadocious what I'm saying, but what I'm trying to say is sometimes uh, less is more. Like, you don't very need true. to say everything that you're doing. You know, I think these yeah. these social media calendar things where I'm I'm gonna be at 17 different laugh huts in the laugh air. huts. It's like, yeah, you do need to get your dates out for your fans, yeah. but also I think. I wonder if the people who are doing it, are they doing it purely for building a following or are they doing it to be like, hey, book me because I'm doing a lot. I mean, I'll be 100% honest with you. When I do it, it's for the latter because none of my fans are fucking here. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Your following is outside of is is outside of Chicago. So I'm I'm, I'm honestly doing it just because it's just like the because for the second that you say it's it's like and it's a psychology thing. If people see that you're booked, they're going to be more likely to book you. Of course. I'll tell you this, though. After fucking August, I'm done with that shit you know and all and i'll tell you why i'm done with it because i've noted i noticed this in july and i noticed this in june yeah and um i talked with another comic about this and they only do weekly ones for their fans and the reason why is because every week changes for them because they're getting booked they're getting booked way more than me so you know but it's just like so that's why they're doing it but i noticed that too like june like three shows fell off and then i got added to four shows before the end of the month right but that wasn't in the in the june one similar thing happened to july not as much though for on either sides and then um you know i'm sure august is going to be the same thing especially because some of my travel shows are are not 100 percent set in right there's things where you're you're adding things especially when you're setting up the venue too you're not just, yeah you know we talked about this uh like you're not just going and jumping on the established show in these venues you're setting up your own thing yeah and I it's out of necessity yeah. by the way um but i think the, i think there's a greater reward with that too oh totally like financially it, it opened my eyes to things it opens up it's also opening up avenues for other comics because now they know mm-hmm. places you're where creating they can go. opportunities for other people too and you're you're bringing people up it's kind of like the thing 
you know, I, I think it, I think it was a, a not to bring it back to the pro wrestling, but of course we're gonna bring we're, it for pro wrestling. Yeah, a lot. you guys are gonna hear about pro wrestling a lot here. We're gonna be like I mentioned Owen Hart before and Mick Foley. I mean, they're you, fantastic you, performers. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, we're, we're gonna th- just put an asterisk next to it. If we mention something about pro wrestling, we're probably not gonna go through the glossary of terms while this we do this. Podcast needs a bibliography. Or yeah, a exactly. We need <laughs> footnotes. Like just like either you know about wrestling or don't. Or if done. you don't, if you don't know about it, you're confused about a term. Just uh, look it up. And I know two uh, comics talking about wrestling on a podcast. Get the hell out! Oh of here. wow, what's going on there? But so CM Punk, a, a Chicago wrestler, n- n- native to Chicago, he yeah. says that yeah, I try to kick down doors and bring people up with me, and, and it sounds like you know that's something I try to do when I yeah. make my lines. And it sounds like what you're trying to do with these these travel shows, you know, absolutely like open a new like you know open a new opportunity to venue and bring comics too. You exactly. Know? You know, so, I, I I and to me that is what you know to talk about being here for eleven years still keep it going what keeps it exciting is the idea to hey i can do you know we just start doing new shows at the grafton pub they've never done stand-up before at the, this is a music venue yeah that's doing stand-up now and i'm so happy to be able to bring people on you know book the book curate this lineup entirely people who don't normally even get to perform together too that's yeah. another exciting thing to me and i know you're a big fan of that when we did the midlife crisis show at, and i gotta write this time yeah i gotta write that's at the, right at the playground theater you curated this wonderful lineup of people i'm like yeah i I don't even get to see these people too often because they're all we're all booked on different things. Yeah. And and bringing people together stylistically diverse as well. It's not just yeah. about like, oh, we got to have one of this and one of this and check yeah, yeah, off 17 yeah. different boxes on my Excel spreadsheet that I didn't sell to BuzzFeed.com to say how woke I fucking am. Exactly. Now, get the fuck out of here. No, you book people stylistically diverse so you don't have three comics in a row talking about Tinder every two minutes. Like, how about yeah. people who talk about different things? And to me, that's super exciting. And I think you're feeling that, too. Absolutely. It's just like, it's, you know, I mean, as we always talk about, because me and Pratik, clearly you could tell from listening to us, we're both very high energy people. Yeah. We're high energy comics, but it's just like something that we've noticed, like, you know, on a lineup, you don't want to put, you don't want to put too many high energy people back to back, just like you don't want to put too many low energy people yeah, back exactly. to back. Exactly. Because you don't open up too low also. Exactly. But then what happens is one of the, one of the more comics is lower energy. They have to go up early to get somewhere else. So then you have to kind of, you have to play with that. A little there you bit. go. Yeah. You have to totally. human tetra. It, Derek, you know? <laughs> got to figure it out how to do these lineups correctly. Because I mean, look, you're here's what you're uh, here's what you're asking people to do in the audience. Okay, you're asking them to pay attention, pay attention for anywhere between an hour to an hour and a half. If you're doing a comedy show that's longer than an hour and a half, you're fucking the audience. I'm letting you know that they are going to stop caring. So just don't they're gonna, do that. They're going to drop off. And yeah. listen, there, there are shows all over the country that go longer than 90 minutes to their credit. You know, sometimes they're waiting for a drop in or, or Chris Rock might drop by or blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, might drop by. I mean, yeah, in that case, it's just like, sure, let it rock. Sure, out. let yeah. it rock. But even then, you will sense an exhaustion in the audience. Yeah. You know, it, it's bound to happen. You know, unless, unless of course, you're doing a marathon show where the gimmick is <laughs> yeah exactly which which i did you know i do these birthday shows where like uh every year the age i turn i have that many comics on but they're also not supposed to do more than three minutes uh yeah and even if it goes long you know we'll have people jump in and it's like the audience is rotating a little yeah bit. like there's a the, there's a gimmick to it exactly know? and the audience is very well aware of what's mm-hmm. going on they know on. what the was, hell's and by the way when i did it it was fucking fantastic that was one of the, that was one of the better sets that i had it was oh it was so a great, great yeah you a great time again at the playground r.i.p the r.i.p playground, the playground the theater R, like r.i.p crowd r.i.p playground all these like r.i.p 773 what are they doing with that I, space i don't now? know what's gonna happen with all these places but to me that was the beauty of chicago is that on a given night 
you could go out. Like people say, like, oh, you haven't moved yet. But it's also like Chicago is a great incubator city for starting and, you know, really curating your craft because you have a variety of fucking places you can perform at. You can go to a club. You can go to, you know, uh, like a more upper class River Northy type bar and do a show. You can go to Logan Square, get the hipster room in. You can yeah. go to fucking crowd, get like your little a black box, you know, theater where you're performing for a bunch of improvisers and performing stand up for a different type of crowd. So you can really see if your material works for a variety of different crowds. Then you can go to UIC yeah. and perform for some Pakistani hookah lounge and see yeah. if your stuff works there. You go on the South and West Side too, you know exactly. what I mean? Which is great because then uh, great, a, a yeah. variety of racial, you know, different racial crowds too. It's, totally. it's, it's, it's great. And I don't, I don't think you can get that in a lot of cities. You can't. Even in New York, you can kind of get that to a degree, but there's also a very specific type of person who comes to comedy. Whereas in Chicago, if people have some free time and they're, they're you know, we work hard and we play hard too in this town. Yeah. People go check shit out in Chicago. They do. And I mean, it's, it's the like, nightlife in Chicago is, is unlike any other city. I feel like it's awesome. I mean, I, I you know, come, being in it from New York coming to yeah. Chicago. I mean, this is home. This yeah. is, you know, New York is where you've seen the differences. Yeah, it's I, all, I, all the differences. It is just like, you know, it, People compare Chicago to New York. I think that's not the right way way to do it. It's just New York is its own thing. Chicago is its own thing. Chicago's thing is that it's a big city. It's if you're going to compare it to other cities, take the parts of New York that are great. okay, and have it make and and and, uh, what what was I going to say? What's that? Uh, You know, Infrastructure wise, yeah. imagine if New York made sense because New York is fucking chaos. It doesn't make sense. That's it shouldn't with, exist. Structurally, it's, it's like someone took Duplo and Lego blocks and just merged the city together. And I and I get it because a lot of the foundation of New York is based off of you know uh you know New England you know exactly. New World uh, yeah, New city being built up right. from you know from the beginning of mm-hmm. you know the beginning of this country. <laughs> the country was here beforehand, but beginning of the colonizers right, and all that. Right, right, right. I have. By the way, that's. A total segue but i did i was talking with somebody recently and they genuinely think that europeans were the first people to invade and conquer lands i'm like that's been since the dawn of time people have every race every has race done it has yeah. conquered and raped and pillaged okay they that's just a human trait that's a huge that's what we're that's that's what happens just like oh i see some shit i want i'm gonna go out and get it and i don't care if i have to kill and rape for it and that's that's been since the dawn of time. I was just they're like Euro- this. Europeans, England specifically, probably has a higher higher score. <laughs> they have, the, yeah, because you know, and they had all the because they had all these great they had all these great things like you know boats and and they stole the guns. They stole the, you know they got the gunpowder technology. I'm thinking of the game Civilization. They got the gunpowder <laughs> tech from uh from the Chinese. But yeah, once they had muskets and all that shit, they're oh, like yeah. they did a lot of they did a lot of that. But I mean, look, come on, the Vikings, uh, Genghis Khan. Uh, saying, you know what yeah. I mean, Attila Caesar, the yeah, till the hunt, yeah, yeah. Um, Hannibal. There. You know what I mean, yeah. like yeah. yeah. So Hannibal. not the comedian, <laughs> not the comedian. <laughs> Imagine him just going and conquering shit. That I mean, would he be conquered great. a lot. But he did conquer a lot. He did. He did. Go to Coles. We might catch him at one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 
I still have not since it's cut since the pandemic. I still haven't gone back to. I've gone. I've. I told you. I've only gone to Coles one time. Yeah. I had a great set. I don't want to go back because I don't. Uh, you know. And and shout out to Coles. Coles is a, an incredible. It's, it's, open it's mic. a great venue. They're they're doing a great job. But it can and consistently it gets a crowd. Yeah. Or an open mic, which is it doesn't even feel like an open mic at that point. Yeah. You know? Then it's a show and like two it's a show like you got to bring your best when you come out there. You know. Um. There were these two <laughs> comics, uh, Will Miles and Clark Jones. They used to run a room. Uh, a town hall pub in Lakeview is like one of the few straight dive bars yeah, yeah, yeah. In, 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 you know, Boys Town. And they kind of ran it similar to Cole's in that where it was like, you know, you're bringing North and South Side comics together, but there's a crowd. Yeah. So you're going to get you're you're doing a show. Yeah. You're, you're you're doing a show at a mic. It's still a mic. You drop in. Yeah. But you got to bring your A game. And bring. I think that's something that not a lot of mics in Chicago currently have right they now, don't. but I think they need to, but I will say, you know, I can't you do remember, a lot what of... was the one on the south side that was like right, right, right near the White Sox Stadium? They would do it once a month, and it was a mic, but they treated it like a show, and they would have, like, paying customers buying They would have for paying it. for, I, I, I don't know if that was, I mean, I, I know Jokes I was, and Notes did a did a weekly mic on Wednesday. I was going to say The Reverend, but it's not The Reverend, I, yeah. something with an R, uh, you know, the Reverend us, Run, the <laughs> Reverend Run, the Reverend Run comedy hour. The Revenant. But Revenant yeah, is a bear movie. But uh, but I, I was gonna say Lincoln Lodge. You run these mics at Lincoln Lodge. You yeah. do them after the show. And we have too. crowds. They have crowds. We Those have crowds. Retention. And I think that, that that. But I think that brings out something in people. You know, totally. Comics want to try harder. You and you get that. You know, like when you're hosting a mic and there's like that 10, 12 comic in a row where it's just like it's flowing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's in the zone. And I've definitely experienced that more. I I did a a 40, I ran a 40 person mic at Lincoln Lodge. And of course, it's all you, no Coles. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. It's just me. 40 person. I'd say we had energy for 35 of those 40 comics. That's a good retention. That is a good retention. That's a good ratio, Um, maybe. You know, and that's that uh, seems to be the rule and not the exception with Lincoln Lodge mics. Uh, especially when it's the Fridays or Saturday mics. Friday night mic at the at the uh, Lincoln Lodge. Style. Strong style, baby. It's back, baby. It's back. It's back You've with events. Hosted every room at the Lincoln Lodge. I have. Oh yeah, I've hosted in every room at the Lincoln. And shout Lodge. out to John Leedley at the Lincoln Lodge. Lincoln Lodge. Yeah, he for he there. I mean, every dude between him, Christine, Kate, uh, Mark, yeah. they are holding it down at Lincoln Lodge. They all work. So, so much hard. for that. People don't realize they they have day jobs too. Like you know what I mean. This is <laughs> this is you know. So unlike us, they have day jobs. Unlike us, yeah. I <laughs> so yeah, uh, but like yeah, if it, if it's like a mic associated with a with a venue with a venue, yeah. Like for instance, like comedy bar. Unless you're so confident about this new bit that you're trying to do, try to treat it like it's a show because it's an audition too. They these places they book. From the, the open mic. mics, yeah. Laugh Factory definitely one hundred percent bring your A game. There's Anytime no you're there, you, you, yeah. You, you literally just bring your you. You should be ready to go. Yeah. On a drop of a hat at places like Laugh Factory Comedy Work, because someone might drop out, someone might be running late, and if you're there hanging out, be ready to go. Be ready to go. And don't up, do yeah. that thing of oh, uh, but I'm, I can only go if I'm not first, or or I need to only I need time to like no. You should have five minutes in your back pocket ready to go. Exactly. These type places, or don't hang out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You, you have to be you have to treat this like a business. Yeah. I don't think enough people treat the prep side of the business. You have to be you have to be ready to go. People mm-hmm. always tell me, oh, Pratik, oh, I see you're getting booked a lot. Or, uh, is it the race thing or is it the diversity thing? No, 
I just go up at if I'm not getting booked enough, I go up at Mike's. And yeah, you have to kind of allow me to reintroduce myself. I yeah. went up. I'll. I'll. I mean, I like the Kedzian. I mean, I do run a show at the Kedzian on Thursdays, Comedy Tub. I help produce it with you know Aaron McDavis, Laura Hug, Dylan Scott, Liz Greenwood. But on Wednesdays, they have an open mic there, run by Greg Bartusiak. And sometimes, yeah, the energy goes up and down in that room. I went up. The energy was not doing well before me, but I went up and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try a new thing. But I knew what I was doing was going to work because I was having fun with the two. Yeah. And I addressed the weirdness in the room and then it was fine. It was like, oh, man, you like save the room, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I just went up and had fun. Yeah. And I also knew kind of the few things that will like open up the weird. You also have to address the fucking weirdness. 100 percent. And like like you do a great job of that, too. You and I, you and I have talked this about talked about this a lot too. It's also it's just like there's a psychology behind it, especially when it comes to open mics, especially when it comes to a quote unquote dead mic. Okay, yeah. the you know because comics go you know, and I've definitely had, this has happened to me more often than not. Where it's you know because I'm still learning about this, but like you go into a room and it's dead. You know when they say read the room, this is part of reading the room. You go in there and it's dead. You have to figure out like okay, well why is it dead? Okay, what are you going to do to make it not dead? And there's there's sometimes where it's just completely hopeless, and that's and that's fine though. I this is why I go in with the mentality, and you and I have talked about it of having fun. If I have if I don't have fun during a set, I don't. I honestly, it's like I'll be like this. I got a great reaction, but I don't look at it as a successful set. If yeah. that makes any sense, my to me the most successful sets that I've had inside, and of course what I've gotten from the audience is when I'm having fun doing what I'm supposed to, what I'm doing up there. You know, I had a really fun set last night. It also happened to be a really good set last night. Those two things to me are two separate things. And I think if you're having fun, uh, that's going to invite more people to want to have fun with you. It's if you, you have to show people you're having fun or then if it is a lost cause, then address like, well, we're still here. Yeah. You have to you you have to give people a show. You know, I I always I never enjoy even at shows when there's like two or three people uh, when when a show only has a few people there. You know, I'm never a fan of the comic who goes up and says, oh, there's only two or three people here. Don't address that part. Yeah. You can talk about that afterwards. You can say, ah, ha, ha, like there's only a few people. But like do it in a way where don't make the people who showed up regret being there. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You don't want them to leave. and, and it's like you said, it's like that. that's two different things that you're addressing. You know, weirdness in a room is one thing, you know, but don't like, shit yeah. On the, yeah, don't. I also I'm not a big fan of shitting on like I'm very particular with my crowd work. I'm very particular. I, I, I don't want to shit on the crowd uh, if they especially if they haven't done anything. If they're just there having fun. I, I'm very particular about that because to me, it's it's a privilege that they're there. Yeah. They yeah. don't have to be there. They have they, don't have, they have options in, in Chicago, Chicago. You have 10 million options. You could be doing office trivia with fucking Dwight lookalikes for fucking 10 hours. You could be doing fucking axe throwing. Yes. It's fun. There's axe throwing places, yeah. guys, which, by the way, listen, I, I just want to address something here with this. OK, if you could take up archery or go to a gun range or axe throwing yeah. right now, do so. We have. As a society, we have 19 years left and like you're going to have to kill your meat. And me, I'm a meat eater. OK, or, and learn how to like learn how to we're plant car- some crops. carnivores here. Epic carnivore. Podcast. Epic carnivore <laughs> podcast. Dude, I I made the mistake of eating late last night, but not late last, uh, last night. Every yeah. night. Yeah, that's true. Like I, I have the weirdest 
food slash sleep schedule. But like, <laughs> so here's fu- here's the fucked up part. You know this about me. Like, I didn't eat late enough oh. where I'm full right now. Yeah. So yeah, you still were hungry. In so, the yeah, it was yeah, brutal. Buddy. Yeah. So that's what I do is uh, that's gonna happen I'll at some get, point. I do like the torta and two tacos, but so now I've been getting more things, and the, the I know what's gonna be the extra thing, and that's my meal prep is ordering just multiple things at night. <laughs> and then I'm just building in a second meal and it's like, no, but it's all it's two meals. No, you're getting five different fucking things. What are you doing? That's right. Well, you know, you know what you are? You're living your life. I'm forecasting. You're, I'm planning ahead. You're 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 living your truth. And I'm supporting independent businesses, which are mostly Mexican restaurants. Mostly Mexican. Oh, my God. And shawarma restaurants. I I, I got I think I'm switching to shawarma from it because I did Mexican food so often in the past couple of months. I'm like done with like I it's not palatable to me right now. Like if you wanted to go to a Mexican place today, I'd be like, I'll watch you eat. I am not or. And you know me, like I, it takes a lot. It takes a lot. But but sometimes you, but that's the thing with me. The other thing with me is, and a lot of people don't know this is I don't like, like, you know, like growing up, you'd have like ham sandwiches every year. Your parents would make you the same thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I've, I dealt with that. So like now I have to eat like different meals. Yeah. Even if I have like a thing, like a casserole, I will, I have to parcel it out like different days every other day because I can't have the same meal every day. That makes all the sense of the world. I completely get Even that. Even leftovers. I'd rather eat the leftover another day and just heat it up extra or whatever. I just can't eat the same. I need variety. Variety is important. Variety is important. And, you know, variety is the spice of life. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, it, it, it is. And, you know, if you're in a city like Chicago and you have as many options as we have, you're you're doing yourself a disservice by not going out. And I get it. Going out and eating. I look, My biggest expense right now is food. It, it <laughs> absolutely is. But it's just like if, if you're going out, like, you know, if you if you budgeted in to go out like twice or three times a week, like you do that. I mean, just do that or else yeah. it's just like, why are you in the city then? Yeah. Like, what, are you mean, doing? what do you do? I mean, for work, you know, I, I, dude, what do you how do you feel about this? Because I think it's a great idea. And I get I'm trying to figure this out other than them being stuck in long term leases. I don't get why businesses are trying to force people to come back to work if they've been working remotely because it's literally been proven in every possible way that people are more productive at home i mean i think if listen as someone who had had jobs that were remote even before the pandemic yeah i get the productivity of being at home i do think also depending on people's work styles and learning styles yeah it can also be a vacuum too to just work right at home so i wonder if these businesses are doing it for that sort of like uh, team unity type thing or whatever, which I mean, they're entitled to do what they want, but also look at the numbers of your individual business. If you're seeing productivity and morale with work from home, then keep that as an incentive. Absolutely. Or incentivize like, okay, you got to get, if you're not hitting a certain, you know, listing number or something, then you have to come in. You know? yeah, yeah. Make it a conditional incentive based on the person's individual performance. Totally. I look mean, at that. You know, you know I, I genuinely think that people should try to be as productive as, as productive possible. as possible. And, and I, like, and it's comfortable as possible. I think it's opening it up productive. though because of this stuff. I think should, more businesses are looking should. at it. But then the other problem that comes yeah. is then businesses are going to start, you know, they're going to start either hiring people on like a temporary non-benefit basis and be like, well, then yeah. they'll use the, the carrot and the stick of the work from home, but then you don't get as much health insurance. Yeah. It takes longer for you to, you know, you have to wait wait 90 days for health insurance. You know that. Exactly. I definitely know that. Daddy Strong knows that way too well, waiting those 90-day yeah. no-compete clauses, but for health insurance. It's but for health insurance. <laughs> Jesus. So they're going to make it probably like it's yeah. 200 days if you work from home. It'll be some weird shit like that. Totally. They'll find ways to get around it. 
And they do. And it's, uh, I, I, th- I also think too, like, I mean, I genuinely believe, cause especially for me, just because of how I work, like if you give me the option to do 10 hours across four days or 12 hours across three and days, come in. yeah, yeah, then like I will, I would much rather work a longer shift, less days. And I, th- and I don't think, and I don't think, Oh, Derek special for this. I know I'm not special no, for not saying special. this, but I would much rather work a longer shift over less amount of days because like I don't a perfect example is working at Jewel right working at Jewel as a cashier she insisted on giving us she's like you're a part-time worker great work four hour days fucking five five or six days a week like why can't I just work three eight hour shifts like yeah, is that knock it all out just the knock same, it all same out same thing it's the same thing. same thing you're getting me for just as much time and you know she's like oh well it's easier for me to schedule i'm like it's not easier for me to schedule yeah yeah and by the way if you're working a job and you have the option to black out like availability at first by the way here's a great life hack for you i'm not sure most people know this but like say you have open availability until you get the job and then two weeks later something happens something happens so you get to close off your availability so they physically can't go in the system and schedule you for other days yeah yeah but so that, and that's the thing, though, because when you want the job in that like initial like hiring stage, yeah. or interview stage, you have to give as much of it. Exactly. Yeah. You are the most willing whore that has ever hoard yourself out to hoard them. That's what you are. It's just like, I will do whatever. Yeah. You lie. People pad their fucking resume. Of all course. The time. Oh, of oh course. I have three years of Spanish. No, you you watch Breaking Bad on sap one time. You know? <laughs> exactly. You know what you're doing. You know what you're doing. And you know what? Guess what? Employers know what you're doing, too. You know what they care about? Because I haven't, haven't uh, been in the position of hiring people. I truly don't give a shit about the resume. The resume to me is just like, all right, do they have any any experience in the area of what I'm looking for? You know what the resume is? It's literally like it's the functional thing. Okay, are you a, are you not a bot? Like, are you, Yes, exactly. Are you a human that you can type up something that looks presentable? Exactly. And then when I sit down in the interview and I ask, I know I know what questions to ask them. Yeah. And if they answer those correctly, if they're you probably even look in. at it before. And you know how I many interviews I've had lately for things where they're just like, they're like, uh, yeah, let me look over your resume real quick. So clearly they haven't. You know what yeah. that code is? They yeah. haven't looked they at it. They haven't. That's exactly. Uh, let me look at your resume until the interview. So that tells you something right there. I I and the interview, like I almost feel like the charisma of the interview is more valuable than the resume. Totally. Or your qualifications. If you can charm, oh, people charm their way into jobs all the time. I and I, I shit, I've 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 definitely charmed my way into a couple promotions. I mean, You're you know, right. I was not ready for a, for at least one promotion that I've gotten in my life. I wasn't ready for that. So shit. I went to I went to DePaul University, a big Catholic yeah. school here. There was a there's a legend at DePaul that this guy got a job from DePaul using the alumni network and he wasn't qualified for the job. He, yeah. And it was like a, you know, 100k job or whatever. Yeah. And then he got the job, didn't know what to do. And then he outsourced the work because it was work from he got like some work from home type shit. Yeah, yeah. And this is pre pandemic. And then he got outsourced. Somebody else was doing the work and he was just collecting the big check and he gave him like a percentage or something. That is fucking amazing. By the way, very practical. Very and practical. Uh, this man should have a shrine built to him. And he now works on the Trump cabinet. I think that's <laughs> Trump's. And I when I say Trump cabinet, I mean, he's clearly some League of Shadows thing. He's still trying to rule somewhere. Yeah. Trump still has a cabinet. He Let's be real. He's, he's, he's going to have a cabinet even if he loses in 2024. Uh, anybody who thinks he's not going again in 2024 is out of their fucking minds. They are 100 percent going to run this motherfucker again. I don't I like the fact that there's Republicans who are like, OK, that's really a bad idea. But, you know, but they have no say and they, they have no it. say. So they're not going to fucking they're literally say no. switching this January insurrection thing now and saying, oh, the, the liberals caused it. 
I'm like, those guys didn't look liberal. I mean, shit. I mean, but that's, I mean, you and I have discussed this before. I don't know if you want to go into it on the podcast. My feeling is that both sides are fucking just, it's so ridiculous when it comes to their, their, we spin. go back and forth on this a lot. We go back and but... forth on this. And you're also, he's also the only person who I'll ever talk politics with just because it's just like, it's it, to, it, cause he's actually a big shock. He is, and, and you know, my political views, yeah. I, I believe that it, it's all a show. And there's no the emperor si- has no clothes. Yeah, it's all, there, there's yeah. yeah, there's there there's no side. It's all a show. It's all a facade to get people believing that there's an actual choice. And why do I believe that? Well, I'm guessing. I'm so guessing. Good. I'm guessing. Maybe aliens. But aliens. you know, <laughs> you know I, E.T. caused all this. Well, I, I well not so much that he caused, but just that like you know they're moving the chess pieces behind the scenes. Okay, and yeah. they're you know they're they're gradually pushing our society towards something. Well, you know, uh, you know my thing is a two party system is a joke. First off, yeah. the electoral college is flawed. The two party system is you know you'd really you you're you're stuck in those two choices. Yeah, there are other people that can run, but then they need money. You know, the they need thing money. Is, yeah, you know, money fuel. You can be a third party candidate. You know, if yeah. you're if you have you know Bloom Mike Bloomberg money or something. Well, I was gonna say Mike Bloomberg certainly had the money to do it. He just didn't understand how to fucking handle he a podium. Didn't surround yeah. himself well, yeah. and, and of course Elizabeth Warren. I think dunked on are, him. Dunked on him. Yeah, I would I would vote for Elizabeth Warren or heartbeat, not for any of her political views. But just because you put a mic in her hand and she is shitting on everybody She's else on that on the stage, mic. she actually offered concrete yeah. solutions. Yeah, and that too. It's just like because you know, if I were to lean anywhere, I lean more towards the side of liberal in terms of spending. And it's just like she she's not saying anything ridiculous like Bernie Sanders, like free healthcare and and debt forgiveness for everybody. It's just like okay, that's great. How are you going to pay How for that? Gonna, like, he never really offered those. Con- he had sort of thing. And I know someone's going to listen to this and go, well, on his website, it said this. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah. yes, but still on paper. We don't know for sure. Yeah. I mean, did he raise good issues about yeah. military spending? Absolutely. But like, here's the here's the other thing, too. Also, it's just like you have to understand, like, and they do this to the Republicans, too. They take sound bites and little clips of things that they said, and they put that on there. Like, yeah. that's the doctrine of what it is that they're saying. You know, Bernie Sanders may or may not have said it, but at least that was the information as it was convinced. And how it's conveyed out to the world. And I think that's what people are voting on. They're voting on sound bites and they're voting on emotions and they're not voting on logic. And my thing is this when you think about Republican, I'm talking about Republican voters. The the average, the voters, yeah. The Republican voters, I don't think they're as conservative as they are made out to be. Yeah. It's the fringe right has taken a bigger foothold lately and have been given the megaphone to talk. 100 percent. And part of that came from, you know, we uh, you know, as much as, you know, Ronald Reagan, oh, Reagan's the devil. But he and the unfortunate thing about the Reagan administration is you had a rise in talk radio. You had a rise in the Limbaugh's 100 percent that, that extremist group, because before that, Republicans, like if you look at original Republicans, one of my favorite presidents is Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt. He's Republican, but he would not be a Republican by today's. Standard. No, he wouldn't. No, Even wouldn't. Nixon would be too liberal for today's Republican. Well, I mean, with with the Democrats, I mean, Democrats also get they 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 get shit canned, and, and their extreme is is the one that gets popularized. It's like this. Oh my God, they're sensitive, and they want to spend all of our money on useless programs. It's just like yeah, on the no, far extreme the of that. Yeah, 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 that's, that's you know what I mean. It's just like and that and you know what in terms of the in terms. On paper, the two party that that two party system, I get why you would need to have people arguing those two sides. Yeah. But it's just like that's not what it's become it's not, and not what it's mutated yeah. into. 
You know, and there's some people that believe so, like they're just like, no, you have to be one or the other because they're so ingrained in the yeah. thing of money and practicalness. And there's never going to be a third party candidate that will really. I mean, if they have enough um, money, anything's possible. Let's be honest. I was going to say, and that's to me, that's the real ruler of this country is money. And this two party system for me anyway is a sham to let people who don't have money believe that they have some say or that their opinion about larger issues that they have absolutely no, no control over matters. Because unless you have a million dollars to sway a politician to your favor and for them to vote the way that you want them to vote, your say, quite frankly, doesn't it just doesn't matter. It doesn't. You have one say, that's a vote, and I'll be honest with you, I don't believe in our voting process and I don't believe in our voting system. I believe that it's not only rife with flaws and errors of, you know, it's so open to being to being pushed in any direction. I think that can be. So chose. this is where we might differ a little bit. I, yeah. I, I do think the Electoral College is, is flawed to a horrible degree. Like yeah, there's the fact that we have superdelegates like I still think we should change the superdelegation system. What they should do. This is a theory that somebody pitched. I know yeah. this, this is turning into fucking, you know, Jim Lehrer hours. It's fine, man. We got like three hours to do this. So that's <laughs> fucking great. But somebody pitched this idea of you incentivize states to to vote in their local elections and on the civic level. On the yeah, yeah, yeah. level. And then you use the numbers of voter turnout and then those get the super delegate votes based on. So every year it's incentivized. Now, your average political theorist or I was going to say you shouldn't incentivize voting. But yeah. I'm like, but voter turnout's going down every fucking year. Yeah, absolutely. You, you got to get some people you out there. You had Joe Biden saying, which is probably lead the most straightforward thing a politician has ever said, like, if you don't vote for me, you're not going to get the checks, which is the most like, yeah. straightforward thing ever. And by the way, fucking super effective. Super, Let's be honest. Daddy there. Biden. Daddy Biden. Yeah. Thank you, Daddy yeah. Biden. Let us suckle from that. <laughs> I loved how that exasperated great, oh, straightforward. He was like, you want those checks, you know? Yeah, that's, and by the way, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be sound bites and straightforward. And again, like, for me, and I'm not saying for anybody else. To me, it's just like it. You're you're voting for how you want your shit served to you. That's the way I look at it. It's the same shit. Do you want to put it in a nice box with a bow and it's a foil wrapper, or do you want to serve to you on a plate and you see the flies from a distance? Oh, of course. Which way? Because ultimately, look. We again, 2040. And you should look this up, by the way, guys. You should look this up. The the uh, in terms of uh, in terms of. Uh, they did a, an environmental study back in 1962 or something like that, and they forecasted the decline of civilization and when it's going to fucking finally reach. And it wasn't 2012, like you fucking. No, no, no. It's ass. 1962. I love this is. Text, by the and way. by the way, by the way, this is a science. Oh, a mind counter. I got to yeah, correct that. This, yeah. this, this, and this wasn't like you know something that's read in uh uh you know revelations or anything like yeah. that. This what this has no religious context no, to course. it or, or or prophecy or anything like that. Yeah. This was literally environmentalists. This is scientists looking at like charting the progress of human technology and everything mm. and figuring out like internal carbon emissions and. Just these environmental scientists were like, okay, well, we're going to have a uh, civilization collapse in 2040. And according to all their projections, we are on track for that exact thing to happen. Right. What do you think about that? Particular? I mean, 24, I mean, you look at, you know, the Roman Empire fell like, you know, yeah. you, the, we're definitely, I mean, in these last two years, yeah, we're definitely closer to, but we, do I think it's like, let's all burn it down to the ground kind of attitude. I try not, I, you know, I, I always joke, I'm a, you know, like there's bacon wrapped shrimp. I'm an I'm a I'm a pessimist oh, wrapped shrimp. in a optimist. Yeah. You know, like yeah, we have our days. We're just like oh fuck everything. It's all going to hell. You know, I do want to have some semblance of you know I don't want to leave this on a fucking despair note or whatever. But like I want to have some semblance of hey, 
can we, you know, get our heads out of our asses maybe a little bit and maybe try to do something to move, push the needle slightly forward in an optimistic way, you know? So should civilization should civilization collapse? Yeah. Do we have artifacts of positivity? Do we have works of art? You know, well, the Roman Empire fell, but people still remember, you know, the Roman, the, the, Roman uh, absolutely. Art, the murals and all that stuff. So if we are destined to collapse in 2040 what are we leaving behind what is the legacy well and that's and that's and that's very is it going to be tiktok videos and you know well, for, mike for, lindell talking about my pillow or are we gonna leave something more well uh, you know you know what the good and bad of that is because we're becoming digital if yeah. you know if we get hit with an emp poll emp polls from uh uh from uh what's it, what are those things that happen with the sun, sunspot right yeah so yeah, yeah. all right this is something that has happened before can't happen again okay so if a, if a larger sunspot happens it'll send out an electromagnetic pulse and that'll just fry every electronic on the, on earth okay Ooh, baby all right and if we're digitizing everything then thank god tiktok videos aren't gonna survive you know what i mean <laughs> all that shit is knocked out plus all of our stand-up comedy sets that we thought were gonna be great and then fucking three months later we're like oh my god that was fucking terrible so <laughs> Thank God we're getting rid of those. As long as uh, Nick and Sheila's kid and read the room are still available. Well, which well, you're actually doing that. Tell them what you're doing with Nick and Sheila's kid. That's going to make it immortalized. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 in the process of making vinyl. We did a here's what we did on April 10th this year. We did a digital vinyl, which is basically if you want to listen to vinyl on MP3, we have released that. But we are releasing you fucking maniac. But we are releasing a actual vinyl copy. It's coming out, everybody. Everybody thinks like, oh, you've been saying that forever. It's goddamn it. It's coming out. So I, I, I see what happened. You grew a beard like Peter Jackson, and now you're doing crazy, weird auteur shit like auteur Peter shit. Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm keeping my nails on too. Like I'm Howard Hughes. Howard Hughes it. I'm gonna take this tissue box and make it my shoes now, you guys. We know what the hell's <laughs> we going. know what's going on here. Yeah, we're doing another version. It's gonna be like a slightly different version of Nick and Shields Kid, but that'll be available on vinyl. Uh, either um, in the fall, it's and, in the fall, and you can find that at your local. Uh, I'm cribbing from your joke here. Your local vape shop yeah. slash bar slash bookstore slash laundromat slash uh, dental waiting office. Dental waiting office uh, slash, slash selling Wes Anderson movies on vinyl. slash selling Wes Anderson, and they they're also a cupcakery. Which, by the way, cupcake-ery. I I went by a bakery. <laughs> And I saw it. It didn't call themselves a bakery. They called themselves a cupcakery. And I was just like, oh, my God, trust fund kids have way too much money. Oh, no one is is putting up a cupcakery unless mommy and daddy are paying their rent. Yeah, you can't. You don't work your way into cupcakery. Nobody I know that is working 11 hours at a restaurant right now is thinking I cannot wait till I get on my own and after my start food truck yeah, and I'm going to start this cupcakery okay I feel like most food I hate this I'm going to generalize food trucks but I feel like most food trucks are like yeah you either got high you fell to some money or you're like you know a sugar daddy or sugar you got yeah. some sugar daddy sugar mommy some benefactor is you know well the good ones the ones that last are literally uh, the ones that I've seen that have lasted are the people who are just like this okay I start off washing dishes in a restaurant did every job in a restaurant save my money? Start off a restaurant. That restaurant was successful. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like the. But the, but, but that's true of any business, by the way. But they weren't starting with food trucks. They had like their own little side project going, or they were selling on the side. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, And then I'm talking about these food trucks that pop out 
of nowhere. I'm FFL like, out of nowhere. It's just like, oh, okay. Well, you want to see what it's like to run a business? Why is run one of the hardest business businesses first. you possibly exactly. can? Yeah. yeah. And and then they also, they're not like experimenting that much where it's like, mm. why is Seabass have curry powder on it? Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Seabass with curry. But so speaking of, so you know that I grew up with some trust fund kids, right? Yes, like uh, I know so many You're of them. You're the Jane Goodall of trust fund. Jane Goodall. And by the way, thank you, Pratik, for explaining to me what a Jane Goodall what was. Because Pratik knows that I'm very intelligent, but I'm like not formally educated. So you have to say that you're very intelligent. I'm I'm one of the few people whose references you're like what? Yeah, they're awesome. Well, I mean, shit. I mean, you're you know what you're, is a, you're, you were like you're, what, you're, is you're what is a Lizzo? What, what is a Lizzo? That was one of my statuses. Was uh, what is a Lizzo? Was because another comic uh, posted something about Lizzo and he got a lot of flack for yeah. it. And then I just I literally added to the mix. I was just like, what? Because I I and I truly did not know what a Lizzo is. Like if you played a Lizzo song right now, I wouldn't know it was a Lizzo song. No, and Lizzo is a, is a fantastic artist. Also, by the way, Lizzo did a, the Eric Andre show and she had one of the best bits ever. So please look up. Lizzo, I love the Eric Lizzo, Andre show. Lizzo doing Eric Andre. My God, I think I think he's like one of the more modern comics that I just when I saw him, I was just like, oh, I fucking love this guy. And then, I mean, you yeah, know, you know, it's funny. The, yeah. One of the first ever podcast interviews I did was Eric Andre. A lot of people don't know this. I have it somewhere. I'll try to release it. It's on a hard drive in Lombard, Illinois. I interviewed Eric Andre. He was doing zanies back then when he just was like a bro. He literally was like, oh, I have like six grand. And then like I'm on unemployment right now. And he was like doing Zany's weekend or whatever. Literally the same weekend as Steve-O. And he was like, oh, I wish I could meet Steve-O one day. And now he's in Jackass 4 with fucking Steve-O. <laughs> so By the way, what him. a perfect guy to get for Jackass 4. Was Eric uh, Andre. Oh, and then that movie he put out was directed by the Jackass people. So, yeah. I just hit him up on Facebook and was like, hey, I'm doing this like podcast thing. What you want to do? He's like, cool, sure. And then he gave me his number, which still, <laughs> the funny thing about this Eric Andre number is he'll still like, Occasionally, I'll be like, "Hey, happy holidays" or something like big, and he'll text me this like Christmas tree with like the swastika on it. It's like this really bizarre thing. <laughs> I love it. So I clearly, I'm, it. I'm maybe I'm not number phone number one, but I'm still one of his like burner phone friends. So that's fucking cool. So big up Sarah Condra again. Energy, hey, hey, I mean, I who would yeah. perform for four people and be like, just just every noise imaginable. Totally. I mean, look, you know what's great? We've been doing 51 minutes. This has been like the fastest moving ooh, episode ooh, of the baby. podcast. We are, fifth, we are moving fast. Fast and Furious 51, yeah. baby. I mean, and you know, we should say, we'll talk a little bit about food too because me and Pratik, we talk about literally everything. First of all, when, we are, when we're on the phone, it's a two-hour long conversation. Minimum. 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 That's number one. Number two, then we hang out, and then it's like two or three hours minimum. Minimum. Uh, we just like each other's company. That's fucking you're, great. You're yeah, you're a good dude, man. Yeah, you, man. You get like it. hanging out with each other. You know, you're you're you're, you're a good friend. You're a good compatriot. Uh, Thank you, know, buddy. You, you definitely during during that pandemic when I wasn't going anywhere, I would I would call you on the phone. You helped me get through that. I think a lot of people, a lot of people, a lot of listeners need to know that not only listening to this podcast but also talking with the man himself on the phone that helped me out a lot during the. Uh, pandemic because unfortunately zoom comedy was a, it, it was a thing you know well it, it I, wasn't fulfilling me artistically as much as everybody thinks it does because they everybody thinks i do zoom comedy all the time no it was i was doing it because i had nothing imagine having not like a jail sentence basically like just nothing all day yeah i can watch re i can re-watch king of the hill <laughs> but it was like literally just doing a zoom show and then talking to Derek strong that yeah. got me through the last 14 months well thank you it also got me through some tough patches too but like let, you know what you brought up zoom comedy fuck it let's talk about some zoom comedy yeah i mean it's still i mean it's it's, it's let's still be, a thing let's be honest here if if you know the lockdown happens again we're gonna go back to some zoom yeah. comedy 
And guys, by the way, for the people who sh- who snub their nose at it, try it a couple of times. Is it a full comedy rep? No, but you know what? It's better than nothing. I mean, uh, there and are, it's not stand up. It's a different thing. It's a Sorry, different rep. Uh, it's definitely you know you you okay. Even like there there are some mics that are in person mics where you go there. There's nine people there. They're all on their phone, and it's just like oh, this is a vacuum of like a, a shallower experience or whatever. That same feeling. I've had that. On Zoom, and I've also had Zoom shows and Zoom mics that are better than that experience. So to me, comedy goes up and down no matter what the environment is, no matter what the format is. It can be good and bad in any situation, in any discipline. Yes, there are definitely huge limitations with Zoom comedy that people don't think about. Then there's also, you know, you take it to a further level. You have virtual, like virtual VR comedy. Then you have Twitch comedy where you can't even hear the le- Twitch comedy, by the way, is just, you know, you, you, play, you watch people play video games on Twitch. Now imagine doing a set on Twitch and nobody can laugh. You can't hear anything. You see the comments, right? You'll see the yeah, comments. Yeah, and then yeah. if they like something, Derek, they'll go one or they'll go zero. So <laughs> you are performing for binary code, like Bender spitting out 0101010101. That's a whole other like dimension. I've done it a few times during the pandemic because it was like, oh, this pays. That's the other thing, too. People are like, oh, is he just doing it for free? No, you dumb motherfuckers. I'm doing it because I get paid to do it. I literally don't have to get in a car and have a shame whistle and go to a show in Paducah, Kentucky and then perform for four drunk people and then drive back. I'd rather just do a Zoom thing, uh, you know, and just get that shame whistle and then turn off the laptop. Now, having said that, now that things are kind of opening, and although I am afraid to go to Paducah, Kentucky, for, unless I wear one of those, like, COVID. Is that, like, an actual place in that's Kentucky? A real, that's, that, I thought that was, like, made up. Like that, I was like, that's not a real word. No, Paducah, Kentucky is a real Paducah thing. Paducah, I'll, Kendu- uh, I'll go off on a quick tangent here. We'll get back to Zoom comedy in a second, but... I did a show with uh, who it was it was uh, it was uh, this guy Chris Chris Safran Luce shout out to Chris Safran Luce uh, wherever you are and then it was uh, Jamie Carbone who uh, he, uh, he ran he, we and I he and I and a couple other people Rudy Schultz and Bill Gavertz ran Snack Attack a show that you got to see uh, yes but I think that was in your first year uh, here yeah so Jamie Carbone me Chris Safran Luce and then. A comic who we we lost, uh, 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 Dave Metz. You know, shout out to Dave Metz, R.I.P. Dave Metz. We we drove on January second uh, from Chicago, Illinois to Paducah, Kentucky, and then did not. We the hotel was only sixty bucks. We're like, we'll just drive back the same day. So it's January second. There is black ice on the road. We go to the, do this show uh, at this like coffee shop thing. I think we each did like twenty minutes or something. And yeah, we got like we got like some bucks. We did like a donation thing or whatever, but. Why the hell did we not stay there? Because it's Paducah, Kentucky, you know? So we drove back, and on the way back, Derek Strong, on the way back, Derek Strong, we're, like, yelling or arguing about something dumb, and all of a sudden, Jimmy Carbone, who's driving, and he's got, like, Mario Kart reflex, like, driving skills. We see, like, an overturned 18-wheeler, and he somehow maneuvers in such a way that we don't hit it. It was like something out of a Michael Bay movie. That Jason is fucking Statham incredible. Should have been doing barrel rolls out of that fucking car. We made it alive that night. You know. You heard that, guys? They made it out alive for like sixty bucks in donations. You know that—that's comedy. I mean, that's and that's in and a nutshell. Some right subway there. from a gas station, not even subway. <laughs> not from, from a restaurant. You have to have that tinge of unleaded. That, that yeah. tinge of yoga mat chemical bullshit mm. at subway. 
and there's still mm. an Indian dude running it, even though it's Paducah, Kentucky. It's still an Indian. They said dude. they found the one they Indian found the one in Indian Paducah, dude Kentucky, to, yeah. to, to run the subway because it's fucking racist. Uh, I want to apologize for being distracted right there, so I was able to, because uh, you know I'm going to Omaha, so I was able to yeah. get another date in there, squeezed in there look, for. Look at that, Derek Strong plugging his dates. <laughs> plugging my dates on a podcast. Don't you do that at the beginning of the podcast? We. I do. I actually stopped doing that though because people didn't care. So, they didn't uh, care. So <laughs> it should be like Easter eggs, like pop in plugs here pop and there. In plugs. Pop like, in plugs. Like only the diehards know. Yeah, you know, baby. They're, 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 that's where they get interested because they're neurotic um, by nature. Still on YouTube, you guys. Neurotic by nature. That's apathy it. comedy at Instagram. Apathy <laughs> comedy on Instagram. Check him out. And by the way, guys, hit me up. Epic Cheat Day Podcast. Hell Instagram, yeah. Facebook. And yes, even though only one person has used it so far, my Gmail as well. <laughs> you getting per- you're getting personal Gmails. It's I'm getting personal someone Gmails. Someone is sliding in the Gmail DMs. The Gmail well. M's. Is yeah. it Gmail M's or is it Gmail. still G is it still Gmail DMs? What is G- it? GMs. GMs. Ooh. Ooh. Well, Google's we just started something. We're baby. starting the trends here. We're flowing. We're smooth like Rob Thomas, Carlos Santana. That's what this is, baby. This we're is, so smooth. This is a lot. Silky um, smooth. I don't know. Should we do a word like we put up like an actual break within the podcast or just go straight? Literally, we'll do it like fucking uh, like the Matrix sequels where it's just like it ends and then the second one picks up right, right then and like, there. Yeah. You remember Crank and Crank 2? Literally, Crank 2 starts with literally Jason Sandin being literally picked up off the floor. Really? Like oh yeah. Seconds he, after does the it, movie. Because that was, I was like, how the fuck did they manage that? Because Crank One. That's why I never watched Crank Two. I was like, I don't even want to know they did that. <laughs> Crank One ends with, with him, him plummeting, yeah, for, from a helicopter. <laughs> so, so Crank Two literally is him being scooped up off the ground. Really? This is so we should literally just like scoop. I'm up watching off. Crank One and Two because that those movies are fucking insane. So I have to I have to watch part because Jason Statham before Crank he had done the Transporter, which I was like, ah, okay, yeah. it's your run of the mill. Like it's for me, it was a run of the action movie. But when Crank came out, I'm like, okay, this guy's a fucking maniac. Yeah, and I actually I really like the uh, the directors of uh, Crank One. I don't know if they did Crank Two. I believe they did Crank Two as well, but it had like a video uh, they, game motif. Totally. To it well, they did so. Gamer as well. Yes. So they did Gamer. They, did gamer. That's they also an unrated movie. Fuck uh, any. I love gamer. I fucking love these movie nerds. Like, but the cinematic thing of the gaming, and I don't like Gerard Butler because of three hundred. Like, fuck you. It's a good movie, and it's ridiculous. It's like go in there and think like they're gonna show you some ridiculous, stupid movie, and that's you get. Terry Crews is a fucking great villain in that movie, Um, and of course, um, uh, what's name Dexter, whatever. Terry Crews is the is the character actor of our day. He's literally done everything. He's on everything. And he can beatbox and he can robot and he can sing Vanessa Carlton. Exactly. It's fucking. If you don't love Terry Crews, get the fuck out of here. Exactly. Why are you doing Speaking of, I, I want to watch the next season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine because I <laughs> want to see what the fuck they're going to do. They had like, to, they dude, put, cops aren't cool anymore. What are you going to do with well, the show? Well, they put a tweet where it's like, oh, we know what's going on. We're going to rewrite the whole season. I love how honest they were about I, it. I, I promise you they all like quit being cops at the, at <laughs> the beginning just, of the season. You know what? They go and work for the Parks Department and become Parks and Parks Rec. And Rec. <laughs> so, by the way, little known fact about Parks and Rec: Parks and Rec is technically a spin-off of The Office. Uh, of the it, well, it's a, it's a it's a it's a reboot. It's 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 a it's a re- it's it's literally the the only spin-off part is the documentary. Yeah, like, there's no actual characters from Parks and Rec. The only the way it starts off is uh, what's gonna call it, and this is the way they connect the two shows is the Parks and Rec department get a box from Dunder Mifflin in the first in the uh, pilot episode. Oh, really? That's it. But other than that, that that's the they only spinoff point. I they never they never reference yeah, it ever none, again. None of the characters, and I good. Yeah. They should do that. Yeah. 
Because they were like originally, oh, is Karen from yeah. The Office going to be Rashida Jones' character? She, no, it's a different no, character. Different character. Different and like, universe. Um, it, well, it's, it's still the same universe, just different character. I mean, different, yeah, yeah. like different, uh, yeah, the same world. Well, same the same world. Uh, they did that a lot with the um, what's we call with uh, oh god, you know the writer uh, James L. Brooks shows uh, on NBC like Wings and Cheers takes place in the same universe because they had crossover right. episodes. Absolutely, um, just like uh, um, everybody. I guess Simpsons and uh, uh, what was it? Future- the Critic and the Critic and Futurama, Futurama. all of them. All of them. And then because uh, oh, they they finally did a Futurama crossover. Same with uh, the other one too, which was they did a lot was. Um, King of Queens and Everybody Loves oh, Raymond. Everybody Raymond. But that was actually a spinoff. Like, Doug was on King of Queens. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. See, that, And Raymond that would show up on King of Queens. He would show up on King of Queens. Yeah. I remember seeing those so episodes. Of those. CBS, Monday night, baby. CBS, Monday night. Yo, Everybody Loves Raymond is a good fucking show. It really was. Everybody and, and King of Queens. I fucking love King of Queens. Yeah. You know, yeah. Just because fat guy hooking up with a hot girl. Ah, of course, I'm going to love that. Yeah, baby. Um, and Leah Remini. Hey. Leah Remini. Let's let's be honest. Like one of the best things that ever got grown in a Scientology lab. She fought Scientology <laughs> and she won. Well, because she is that. I genuinely believe she was she was made in a petri dish in Scientology. <laughs> With like, like the, what Xenus and Xenus. Is, uh, is that the new cryptocurrency? Xenus. Xenus. Oh, crypto. That also sounds like a Head and Shoulders like offset shampoo. Like Xenus. Get rid of get rid, get rid of, of get rid of flakes. Uh, and Jessica, the, uh, by the way, I was hanging out with Jessica Mizzitano yesterday. Yeah. She was just isn't like, she just, the one who, for those that don't know, she's the one who calls you a fat piece at the top of the. Oh yeah, she, she's a, she, the famous. When you hear every episode of the Epic Cheat Day podcast, you hear Jessica Mizzitano. Uh, she's my comedy ex-wife. I was hanging out with her yesterday, and I told her that I use Head and Shoulders. She was like, "I'm going to give you something different. Stop using that immediately," because she's a hairstylist, so she yeah. knows she knows like what you should put in your hair. And she was like, "Yeah, because it it she says it on one thins hand, your hair. You yeah, it fucks I it. Mean, it fucks uh, your hair. You know. I know. Well, me, I don't mind. I, <laughs> I, I, like, and that's what I was. I kind of told her that I was just like, look, at this point, it, it really doesn't matter. You right. Know, I mean, I gotta be protective of this luscious thing. I was gonna I say, you I, have luscious hair. I use. I literally use a. Uh, it's like a. It's like a. Oh, I don't Ooh, use that. We, that picked up. I don't use a boot. I don't, I don't put a, that was that was Toby Keith putting a boot up your ass because. <laughs> I think I have the fucking thing. I Dude, yeah, which what you're hearing right now is Prathik ruffling through his bag because we're gonna find out what he's doing for. Oh my God, that just looks like money. I do, yeah. So I use two things. Everybody asks me what I use for the hair and the beard. What do I get for the shine? There's two things I use. One is VO5 volumizing shampoo, which is a basic shampoo I used in the past, Herbal Essence, but I think VO5 is a better shampoo. Mm. And the other thing I use, this is a tea tree moisturizing conditioner. You just you take a dollop of it, you put it in, a, in you mostly put it in hair, but I've used it on the beard too, and that's it. And also, I do not wash it every day uh, because too much washing also can lead to thinning and all that. Yeah. So this is a this is a YouTube tutorial now. That's basically yeah, what that's I'm doing. we're doing, man. This is listen, Epic Cheat Day podcast goes where the podcast goes. Uh, yeah, when I had Tony Vin on, yeah, he, he was just, about some stuff. yeah, yeah, we were we were gonna talk about. He was just like I thought we were going to talk about food. I was just like, well, normally we just talk about whatever, but like you know, we talk about comedy too. We talk. Yeah. We mostly, uh, to be fair, it's been mostly about comedy. But you and I, since we got a few, uh, since we got some, we got some time food. that we're putting in here, yeah, we're going to go over to food. We want to talk about one of our first experiences at Windy oh, City Euros, the legendary Windy City Euros. Legendary Windy City. I, I mean, we can't, we can't not talk about Windy City Euros. Yeah. Like, if, if you haven't been, how there, many meals would you say we've had there, Pratik? <sighs> 
<laughs> we have we we have given that that company way too much money. That that totally that, that elderly Greek dude with the stone cold like just face, just like yeah. Dude no, is unfazed by anything. I, we have seen this man's life threatened on multiple occasions. He doesn't blink. He has had people say, I'm going to come back and fucking kill you. He goes, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> he does not. This is the shout most jaded person. Shout out to that. Like the the civilization may collapse, but he'll still be there. He'll at still Windy be City. there at Windy City. Euros. Be like no hot sauce is extra. <laughs> but they did give me hot sauce a couple times for free. I Which is great because, idea. I mean, listen, whatever grandkid we've put through college, with our fucking Windy City Euros late night missions. Uh, half Serbian, half Greek. Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that just seems the Windy City Euros if you go there. Like I feel like during the day it's closed, but during the day it's like Serbian dudes in undershirts gambling during the day. Yeah, exactly. They just flip over the tables and there's fucking Baccarat right there. <laughs> And, and one and one Serbian uncle is in the corner calculating furiously. Exactly. With the old timey chuching. With the old timey chuching. No, yeah, yeah. no TI eighty three graphic calculator. No, 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 no. He's he's doing taxes the old way. the old fashioned way. The, old, that's the, right. old, the way they did it in the old country. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Because that's the only real way to do it. Because you could burn that evidence so much easier. And nothing playing, on a computer. Nothing on a computer. Yeah. And dominoes are going off in the background. Yeah, exactly. Got to cover all of them. But uh, yeah, Windy City Euros. Me and Prathik have eaten there. I, I, it's got to be in the in the high double digits. It's got to be in the in the in the forties and fifties. Forties and fifties. I literally with you and you've touched every part of that menu. You, I have. I've. I've. I, I, I listen. I, it's like I'm. I'm sorry. I'm really starting to work my way around the Golden Apple menu. Ooh, that's another one. I that's mean, we, another. We could do just a whole episode on the menus. On the Jesus menus Christ. of these two places. I think uh, those are the two we've done most. The first. Right? I, the first I do want to say is if you're in Chicago. If you're visiting Chicago, you come to Chicago, you live here, please check out Golden Apple and Windy City. If you want, like, non-touristy fucking places. Yeah. If you want hole-in-the-wall, like, real Chicago cross-section of the city coming through, every walk of life comes there. Go to those two fucking places. Yeah. Golden Apple is a diner. And it's just like, yes, is have you had diner food before? Yeah. But, like, this is... This is just the spread of the diner is amazing. Yeah. Also, which is something that we to go back to money and saving and all yeah. that stuff. You're getting good food amounts for your bang for your yeah. buck. You're getting so much food for the money you pay. It's fucking great. Yeah. Two meals. Like sometimes you can get two meals out of a fucking thing. It's yeah. I mean, you know, I and Tina Fey famously went to Golden Apple. There's a, the chair. It's right next to if you're looking on the left. If you, if you face the restaurant indoors on your right hand side, right by the high chair. Is the famous Tina Fey table that she used to sit at? Famous Tina Fey table. You see that, guys? Just like Second City when they loosely pitch that you could be like Tina Fey, just pay thousand dollars. You can sit and eat with Tina Fey spiritually, and you don't need to pay thousand dollars to get that. You can just go sit there and eat it. Dude, I love I love my perception of Second City before I started doing comedy in Chicago, and my second after after three weeks of being here, where I was just like. Oh, well, yeah, it is a business like anything else. So you go there and you see all the fucking pictures on the wall of the celebrities. Yeah. And you're like, I want to pay to be in the conservatory. Like, good for you, buddy. But that doesn't make you. You still have to have talent and tenacity in order to fucking. You got to have everything. And I, I just I feel like those type of venues, and it's not just Second City. It's, yeah. It's all those venues doing like the selling the dream. They're selling the, yeah, the golden, the brass ring. You know, the yeah. dangle, the dangling of the. 
I'll actually physically do the sound. We're going to fucking. Yeah, for the. Well, let's... The dangling of the keys, you guys. Yeah. This is how much of an alcoholic I am. I still have the old the whiskey beer timey handle. And it's got a mustache on the fucking. I love it. That's the, great. The bottle opener. But yeah, we're just dangling the keys of, ooh, you could be on SNL. You could be on reruns of Mad TV. Ooh, you could have your own sketch show on Netflix for 15 minutes. Which, by the way, Tim Robinson has a sketch show on Netflix, which is insane. Check that out. It's called I Think You Can Leave. And Tim I, Robinson. Oh, yeah. And funny enough, he is an alum of Second City. Oh really? Yeah, wow. Tim okay. Robinson's so it's like you can get the basics for you know for for you Second City. I'm not knocking Second City. No, we're not I'm, trying to knock Second City. I'm just knocking the way they pitch Second, Second City, City and what, the way they pitch people on it. And and all those schools do that because they're trying to make money. Obviously. Of course, yeah. They, I, mean, I mean, they make more money from the classes. All those schools make more money from the classes than the shows. Even yeah. Those shows do very well. And the shows do very well. Yeah, they sell out all the time. Hell, me and Pratik had a sold out show at uh, Second City. Yeah. And we called it. We're doing this. We're doing. Like it was just, it was literally just balls to all. Like we're doing this on a Saturday. Yeah. The day, Last I, minute. Yeah. I still have the slap voice, together. I still have the voicemail of Derek Strong calling me at 4 p.m. before our 10 p.m. show to go. Are we sold out? Like incredulously, you're just like we're sold out. I think, but you you still had that like you know the shoe can drop off the yeah. other with that realism to go. Can you call and make sure too? Yeah, exactly. Am I, I imagining this? You're like ah. I genuinely thought up until I called them that we were going to cancel because mm-hmm. they don't put on the show unless you have a and certain number of people. Yeah, yeah, you have to sell. I think it was more than fifteen 50. tickets. And they don't and we, tell you. You have to. They call don't tell them. you. You have to call them. So I call them. You have to bother them too and, about it. And, and I'll be honest with you. I was kind of hoping because I had a show right before, and I was kind of hoping that I was just like, all right, this isn't happening fuck ah. it and i call them they're like yeah you're sold out no you're sold out baby Man. saturday and the, night you know? and that was that was a slightly uh shout out to amber autry for doing that show with us that was a slightly teeth pulling affair because here's the thing the show yes please explain the, the way the yeah. show worked was um was they give they have time in between the other shows that they have in the theater. Right. Okay, but it's not like a full amount of time. So they gave us one hour. Okay. You're not allowed to promote the show as a second city show because it's just based off the theater sales. It's a separate thing entirely. You're not really allowed to you're just saying that it's at Second City, but it's not a second city show. Okay. You, they're very in other words, they're not producing their, they're yeah. very particular on their language because they want to protect their brand. Of course. I get it. And, I mean, uh, the Onion is like that too. Like if you're if you if you start writing for them, you can say you're a writer for the Onion. You can't say you work for that. Like the yeah. wording is very particular. It's very particular. And I get it. there's a litigious thing behind it. it. So yeah, absolutely. They give you this window, and here's the here's the caveat. It's just like, do you want to put on a show? Yes, you're not going to get paid for putting on this show. Yeah, that's the thing. They will not pay no matter how many. If we sold out, I'm thinking, oh, they're going to give us some kickbacks for that. They're like, no, we gave you the stage time. Yeah, you got the stage time, no yeah. rental fee. None no, of but that. but they don't. Yeah, the the plus side is is you have a show that's at Second City, almost a guaranteed crowd, and uh, uh, yeah, well, they, the guaranteed uh, part. We got yeah, we were blessed. Here's why we got lucky. I think it was a holiday weekend, and so we had a bunch of people that were in. And here's why it was like pulling also teeth. Saturday. It was too. Saturday. It, here's um, the, yeah. It, here, so here's the reason why they were kind of upset because the people who were coming to our show and the reason why we were able to sell out was because uh, Second City's main stage sold out and they were just looking to get tickets to anything there. 
Okay? Oh, yeah. So they're expecting to see like improv and sketch, and it's just fucking four comics going up. And, you know, they did not. That was a thing. I don't know how many of them knew what they were getting into, which yeah. that, but that's the truth about it. A lot of comedy shows sometimes where you have to almost set it up for the people to be like, hey, have you been to a stand up show before? Yeah. There have been times I've barked for barking is obviously when you promote a show on the street. You're literally like, hey, you want to see a show? I'll go, hey, do you love stand up comedy? And people go, yeah, I love Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell has never done stand up comedy. <laughs> I love Will Ferrell. People don't uh, know. I, I think that. some people just don't know the mechanics of stand-up comedy. They might have seen a George Carlin. A lot of older people go, like, oh, yeah, I like George Carlin. Like, they might know one stand-up or whatever, but they haven't seen a show in a decade or whatever. Or they'll be like, yeah, I saw stand-up once, and I was like, oh, the, co- the comic was kind of weird, so I didn't really try again, which that boggles my mind because it's like, you know, you listen to one bad song, are you done with music? Yeah. No. Yeah, I mean, and try. it's like... You, you have sex one time and it goes badly. Are you done with sex? Fuck no. You know, I mean, you know, I mean, and that's, I think, the thing that, you know, especially given the type of art form the stand up is, it's just it's a it's, harshly judged art form. Oh, it is. It is totally. It's a it's a it's a low bar for entry, but it's a high bar for success. Success. Absolutely. You know, everybody thinks they can do it, too. Like, yeah. Oh, oh well, I'm funny. You know, OK. Be funny for four minutes with nobody else talking to you and see how funny you and are. And Chris Rock had the best thing to say about that. He said, like, when people say they think it's funny, it's like, yeah, you can play Air Mule or basketball, too, but can you play in the NBA? Yeah, big difference. It's the big thing. You can be funny at the yeah. office, you know? We're going to wrap this up, guys. It's the epic two-part episodes, number 49 and 50 with Pratik Srivastava. Oh, yeah, baby. Pratik, where can people find you on the socials? I'm going to ask you this also so that when you can put it in the uh, episode description. Uh, yeah, so... Um, you know where you can find me, PratikComedy.com. That's P-R-A-T-E-E-K, comedy. Again, that's my phonetic spelling or whatever. I didn't use PratikSarvastava.com, even though I bought PratikSarvastava.com. But, yeah, you can find my website there. Uh, I got my album on there, Nick and Sheila's Kid, which is available on all platforms, uh, also on Spotify, all that good stuff, and also my EP, Read the room because again, you got to read the fucking room right there. You got to read the fucking room. Got to read the room, baby. And also, I have the web series Neurotic by Nature. Check that out on YouTube and TikTok and all that stuff. And at Pratik Comedy on Instagram and Facebook, Daily Pratik on Twitter. Uh, yeah, just check me out and uh, I'll shoot it back to you. Follow Epic Cheat Day and Zenkake. How about and that? Zenkake. And we gotta Zenkake. Bring out, we got to bring Zenkake back. Also, go to epiccheatdaypodcast.com to buy some of my merch. Buy the merch, guys. Buy T-shirts. Buy whatever. This is, by the way, the reason why this sounds weird and disjointed is because this is the outro for episode one. Because we split, we just did a full episode, two and a half hours long of Epic Cheat Day podcast. We want to make sure we bookend both episodes. So that's why we're doing this. Pro tip, you guys, always bookend your episodes, bookend right, Pratik? Your, bookend your episodes, baby. Yeah.